A quick disclaimer. So this series of episode three, and there's going to be three, so 3.1, 3.2, and 3.3 are going to be a little bit different. The Grief to Great Day podcast is here to encourage and support Christian women who are working out the difficult season of grief. I'm here to love on and lift you up while providing practical steps to make the journey less hard. These steps are what we call journey works make a difference. I know because I've taken many wrong steps to discover what helps and what doesn't. The episodes are created to share the steps with you at no cost. And this is the ministry side of Grief to Great Day that fuels me. In this series, however, the focus is going to be on the story. I want to get to know you better, and I've said that several times, so I feel that I should also share some of my background to kind of start the conversation. There's still tips at the end and things I'd like for you to kind of step into, but for these, just take a little break, sit back, and listen. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. Right now you may be feeling like you're losing your mind. You might be surrounded by people, but feel all alone because not everyone understands the pain and sadness you're dealing with. You want to be the you you were before they died, but have no idea how to get there. I know because I've been there. So if you're ready to understand how grief affects you, rebuild your faith and take just one step towards healing, then get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, turn off all distractions and let's get started. Girl, there's hope for your future. Welcome to Grief to Great Day. And we are starting a series of three episodes on Dying to be Healed, the book. So the title for these three is going to be Dying to be Healed, One Woman's Journey of Faith and How to Use a Christian Mindset to Maintain Hope During Grief. You know, there are some people in life that just change you. Think about who has impacted your life so much that you were forever different. I bet a few faces come to your mind and I'm gonna hope it was because they changed you for the better. It might even be the loved one that you have lost. Today, we're talking about the subject of dying to be healed and my best friend, Monica, the person who impacted me by her example of living, but more so by her example of faith as she was dying. But first, we're gonna travel back in time a few decades Picture this with me. It was the 1990s, comfortable fall day in eastern North Carolina. Country music was blaring from my blue Mustang as I traveled to a very rural town. You know, the kind that has one flashing light. I was singing with the radio a little louder than usual because the words hit home. My dog did die. My relationship was ending. Our business had failed and I was financially broke. I was in the process of becoming divorced, and at 27 years of age, I was rebuilding a new life for the third time. I didn't know how I got there, literally and figuratively. We had moved from Maryland five years earlier, leaving behind my friends and support system just to get away from my mother, who I later understood to be mentally ill. My ex-husband sold everything I owned. And that was before we even discussed divorce. 
So I was on the road driving to meet with Monica, who was a fellow small business owner, just to see if she would rent me a room in her small trailer. Monica and I had similar but different backgrounds. She was a child of divorce and alcoholism, whereas I grew up in an intact yet dysfunctional and chaotic home. She had a brother who died at a young age, and I had a sister with whom I had never shared a real conversation. But the commonality there was that we both felt very much alone in the world with no stable family to turn to. We both had experienced feeling let down more than we deserved, and we both made poor decisions and were searching for more out of life than we had known in our early years. After becoming roommates and working through a few serious differences of opinion, we became family to each other. Mo, as I and many of her friends called her, had a great sense of humor, even when it was at my expense. When I first moved in, she called me what I thought was roomy, as in roommate. Well, it sounded cute, so I had no problem with it. When I met friends of hers, they would say, yeah, roomy, I get it. Mo even had a vanity tag created for my Mustang. It had a mirrored background, and Rooney, with an N, was lettered diagonally in blue. When she gave it to me, I, I was puzzled, and I was like, okay, this is nice, but it's misspelled, because there was an N and not an M. Monica laughed and said it was me who had misheard it. So I said, what does Rooney mean? Laughing even harder, she said, well, you know that guy on 60 Minutes, the one with the thick eyebrows? She had been making fun of me the whole time. But yes, in my younger years, I did have eyebrows so thick that some might have called it a unibrow. Before Monica, I had never met anyone who would fight for what was right instead of what was convenient. I had never known anyone with such depth of character and who would stand up for me. My life had been more like a soap opera, always full of drama, and that includes the drama I created myself. So now I was being introduced to a life with less superficiality and more meaning, and a life that actually offered hope. I finally had a safe place to call home, and believe me, I held on tight. It took me years to grasp that someone like Monica would be my friend. She was simply different, genuine, kind, honest, and she was like that with everyone. Mo was great at living, and her support and example allowed me to grow towards the person that I would become decades later. She prepared homemade hot chocolate when I would have simply ripped open a packet of instant cocoa mix. But for her, it was one of those southern, this is how much I value you things. Instant cocoa wasn't good enough to give to me or anyone else. So when you experience a sense of belonging like that, it quickly becomes a precious commodity. And you know, the label of friend and roommate doesn't convey what Monica really was. She was a sister, a true confidant, and that, I don't know if you've heard this term, but that ride or die person. We did pretty much everything together, including getting drunk, riding bicycles, singing and harmonizing well. We really did. But ultimately, we got back into church where we were reprimanded for laughing in the choir. We laughed a lot. She was also a mother figure, and many times I called her Mama Mo because I did not appreciate the wisdom she conveyed. 
She shared her extended family with me, and they became my own, to the point of loaning me $25,000 to get my master's degree. She also became a business partner in our small, successful business, and she was the person I could always count on for help, no matter what. Most importantly, this is the life-changing stuff. Most importantly, she taught me how powerful faith in God can be. Until that point, I never knew that life could be full of great days. So the moment she got the diagnosis of stage four cancer and the prognosis of six months to live, I became her caretaker and immediately began the grief process. The term for that is anticipatory grief. And if you're currently a caretaker for a loved one with a terminal disease, you are probably dealing with a sense of loss too. When you're a caretaker, days are filled with tasks, appointments, trying to get your person comfortable, trying to administer the medications correctly, helping them move until they can't move, and then doing whatever to help. In all the busyness, it's so easy to lose yourself. During that time, I got skinny because I didn't take the time to eat. I was so focused on Monica's needs that I forgot about me. And I can't say that I regret it, but let me give you permission to get assistance and to walk away for even just a few minutes every day. I know it's hard because you don't think anyone else can take care of them as well as you can. And you may be right, but who's going to take care of you after they're gone? This wisdom came to me the hard way. So if you are in these circumstances now, find friends, family members, or even a home health service to help you. I had all the above, but I didn't allow myself to get away often enough. Looking back, and here's the important part, I would have gotten someone more involved in the beginning because I became too much caretaker and not enough friend to Monica. Also, if you're in this situation, go back to the last episode of the podcast and incorporate praying, reading, and rising even just a little. You also won't have time for the shock to set in and to contemplate all the questions regarding why this happened, why them, why now, and that's a blessing because you can add no more to your plate. But you're in work mode now, so when your loved one dies, the absence of that busyness is going to hit you hard. You'll feel relief and be shocked that you could be so horrible to feel that. Just take a deep breath because all of this is normal and you are not a horrible person. If you know someone who is a caretaker and it's not you, then reach out and help them as best you can. If they tell you they don't need help, then offer to pick up groceries or cut the grass or just simply send them a card and let them know that you care and you're available. C.S. Lewis said, God who foresaw your tribulation has especially armed you to go through it, not without pain, but without stain. I found the verse on a sticky note with my verse um, in Moe's Bible. So Monica's verse was, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. It's Psalm 6930, and it's your verse for the day. In the next episode, 
I'll share some of Monica's faith journey and the mindset that gave her joy on the inside while on the outside, her body failed her. In the third and last episode of this series, I'll talk about fears, failures, and forks in the road to help set you up for an important personal decision you'll have to make for your future. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.